Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 281, and today we'll be talking about Outfoxed from Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. That ending though, am I right? <laughs> that was, honestly, it reminded me of Invader Zim, like the type of, well, there was like a little bit of, not really gross out humor, but definitely trying to be... Uh, surprising and ridiculous and horrifying they definitely like played up the camera and everything but yeah this is it's like i i felt i got a few pieces of shows in this one episode like our two main characters reminded me a lot of the king of Ooh in toronto from adventure time and then we had this you know horrifying ending and which was very zimmy in my mind especially like the drill that badger clops had coming out coming out of old red's yeah, head i can i can definitely see where you get invader zim out of all of that yeah it actually made me think because we've been talking about like that the fact that cartoon network has pg labeling for all of its shows what kind of freedom joan and vasquez would have you know he would just go to town with a pg rating it's amazing how reserved <laughs> these other cartoon network shows are with their pg but yeah, this this episode pushes it to the limit, and also it gives them the freedom to do things like have Adora Bat freak out and actually pick up a like metal folding chair and beat the crap out of our, <laughs> you know, main antagonist. Although it's presented in a montage instead of directly seen happen, but um, yeah, man, Lika Leong voicing Adora Bat had some really, I mean, that ending was standout, but also the like almost infamous i don't know i've seen it on youtube compilations the what is wrong with you the scream that happens is um (laughs) was truly wonderful yeah she shrieks a lot it was an excellent shriek (laughs) i mean but ooh, a a holiday three years old uh devoted to giving the special men all of your cool stuff i want to know where are they getting all of this stuff from (laughs) i like that like that's the big they are in this not quite medieval fantasy setting, but at the same time, they have modern-ish electronics. I mean, somebody has a Ninblimbo switch, apparently. But, you know, they also have, like, old tube TVs that are the like kind that are even in furniture. It's very weird. They also have cell phones. I don't know who's even capable of making cell phones in this world instead of, or except for Badger Clops. But, you know, there's some competent technology makers, apparently. Are they setting up cell towers? There's a lot of implications that I can't really think about. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this, is, this is one of those things where it's just the joy of being a cartoon, and we're just going to have to accept it. Yeah, much like uh, Reg's eyes actually popping out of his sockets is played instead of like, like, that isn't just exaggeration. Uh. His eyes are actually popped out of his sockets, and he's like, I can't see. Which, again, that, you know, that pushes it more against that PG rating. Ooh, yeah, that, look, that, ugh, that looks painful. Yeah, it's like gross. Like, you've seen cartoon characters' eyes pop out of their head, but it's never been a reality. So when he's, like, actually blinded, it's uh, disgusting. I'm just wondering about Mau Mau's role in the, in the Pure Heart Valley, as shown by this. He's, he's, the, he's the sheriff, right? He enforces the law. Why is he listening to a doorbat about not just arresting these guys right off the- I mean, I guess he does kind of have a need to be loved and appreciated, as the previous episode that we did not cover, that introduced Old Blue, not impressed, covered. So I, I guess we'll- I guess we'll chuck it up to that. What do you think? I mean, Mau Mau is definitely all about 
getting affirmation from people, but he, I don't know, he, he seems kind of virtuously led in this one. He genuinely cares that Adorabat isn't misled. I don't think he cares about the rest of the denizens, but he does care about Adorabat. Also, he just, I think, just really particularly hates this kind of deception, and he loves developing, like, elaborate plans to, like, expose things. Like, already earlier in the season, he had his, like, when Adorabat was trying to give him the perfect adventure, and he started, like, freaking out and getting really into the idea that there was a whole, like, underground crazy thing happening under the castle. So, like, I buy into all that. Now, uh, with uh, with his elaborate plans, uh, I did mention the sheer joy of being a cartoon, and we also had the, you can't see above the waistband on the pants because the camera wasn't showing you above the waistband on the pants. Yeah, and yet when the when we see, like, when it cuts, and then we can see the pants in the background, so basically Mau Mau and Badgerclops were, like, pretending to be this walking pair of legs that had a wallet exposed in the back to, to fool our, you know, our King of Ooh in Toronto. But, <laughs> but yeah, then there's just no body on top of it. That's a, another great, there's a few like little, they're, they're doing these little inversions on expected cartoon logic, which are entertaining, but also not completely shoved in your face. Like you have to see in the background and it happens so fast. Cause like we mentioned last week, there's just no margin between jokes. It's just like, oh wait, that pair of pants doesn't have a body with it. And then it just moves on. But it also contributes to like, yeah, these scam artists are about, as incompetent as you can get like the fox has the has the accent and is a little sly but is hilariously not very good at what he's doing unlike you know in adventure time the king of Ooh was also kind of dumb but he was a lot better at swindling and had you know a lot more darkness to him <laughs> than these guys i don't know he got kind of dark at the end there i mean uh when he was talking to who he thought was adorabat yeah, it's, I feel like this type of swindler thing that like turns on the kid is such a peculiar trope that reoccurs in media created for kids. Like I'm even thinking all the way back to like Pinocchio, but yeah, it's good that it's Mau Mau hearing it, except what we find out that Adorabat was outside the door of the house the whole time. So she too heard just how horrible these guys were. But also, it's kind of weird that they immediately turned on Adorabat once they had her in their house, and they felt, like, I guess, secure from the watchful eyes of everyone else. They didn't need to keep swindling her. Oh, Mama was being annoying. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a weird trope, though, because you don't usually meet swindlers like that in the real world, so I'm not sure why we're always telling stories to kids that involve this. Like, you do get swindled online these days with, like, facts, but not, not usually this way. Or maybe it's an experience that could be scary for kids. I love the lesson at the end here, though, which is that the Dorbat asks yeah. straight up, like, so I can't trust anyone? And Mau Mau's just like, that is correct. <laughs> you know, what a, what a great thing to tell kids. Don't innately trust anyone, even the adults in your life. Just <laughs> act with suspicion. I mean, it, it's kind of a good lesson to kind of a good lesson to learn that, you know, people can be nice to you. Not just because they're nice people or because they like you, but because they want something you have. You know, Mau Mau's not really a life lessons kind of show, but, you know, stuff like that permeates the culture and it makes it into the cartoons whether they're trying to teach lessons or not. Right. But also, it's funny because the lesson isn't that deep because these characters, you know, even as Reg says, are so 
thinly veiled as being nice. Like, they're so obviously bad guys that they're actually stealing from them, and yet the characters find that part to be the nice part. Like, they're not even very good at acting nice. They just, like, sing a song, and they're like, give us your stuff. It's a holiday. Hip hip hooray. No. Yeah, I mean, ooh, the Pure Heart Valley is... uh, It is an all-you-can-eat monster buffet in more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah, the understanding how these cutie pies exist. You know, I was I was on the wiki for the fan wiki for Mau Mau today and uh, seeing sentences written like, we do not, we have, or like the trivia facts at the bottom of pages, like, we have seen exactly two parents of s- sweetie pies so far in the show. And I'm like, oh yeah, do these things have parents? They're so misled and dumb. <laughs> what? What you know? What is Adorabat's parents like? And apparently, that's been referenced once in the show, and I haven't seen that yet. Oh, are you talking about the one where my father says, "I have a rich inner life"? <laughs> yep, that's that is the quote in the trivia section for Adorabat. <laughs> oh, that's a good episode. But yeah, what, what? What? How old was it? The one Sweetie Pie said they were in the first episode, like I'm thirty five or something. It's like there's no <laughs> way to tell who's an adult and who's a kid. They right. all act the same. Yeah, that's definitely leaning more on the, like, cartoon ridiculousness. The, the Sweetie Pies. I mean, even their name, obviously, suggests. But again, like, thinking that sort of, that horror twist ending where both Mau Mau and Badger Clops come out of their costumes, when they freak out Rufus, I felt like having these adorable characters in show is totally something that Zim would do and abuse that, like, juxtaposition all the time. This show kind of does some juxtapositioning. But the world is mostly as adorable as the characters. Like, even the villains are super colorful and as eccentric looking. But uh, I don't know. I've only, I'm only eight episodes in. So maybe they do keep doing more with, you know, putting... I mean, they do it all the time with the doorbat. Because she, she screams and gets mad and be, beats people up with chairs like Shrek, you know. <laughs> it, so that's obviously a juxtaposition, but... Yeah, she got really upset there. <laughs> She really did. Um, I'm also enjoying th- th- that was had like two uh, paintings done for the montage. And so did Mau Mau's moment where he imagines a doorbat's future uh, midway through the episode. I enjoy those paintings. I don't know if there's a specific person credited to doing them uh, in the credits. I should look. But I, you know, love those in cartoons and they keep using them for characters inner thoughts or these montages. And they're just really well done. But also right after Mau Mau's grim, in, you know, envisioning of Adorabat's future, yeah. he then, this happened when they I have their scared. little, like, meet up with Badger Clops and their little bro hug ends in telling each other that they cherish each other. I thought that was actually a really good moment for developing Mau Mau sort of as someone who subscribes specifically to heroicism, but not a like stereotypically masculine heroism like i like appreciate that their relationship is that open where they say things like i cherish you instead of having a hero because again he is sort of like this like gruff batman like hero but he does not have the same gruff batman like masculinity i I appreciate that oh yeah they're uh I guess Mamo is kind of bringing back some of the old school male friendships from back in the day 18th century or so much more emotionally honest back then yeah well yeah it's like a modern to like it it goes beyond also it doesn't just have to be called like you know we have to make sure it's still masculine by calling it a like bro friendship you know 
They're just like friends. And obviously, Badger Clops has shown himself to be emotionally available and vulnerable. But, you know, Mau Mau doesn't close himself off to that. He actually, like, that is a meaningful part of the, their relationship. So that's cool. I mean, you've, you've seen breakups. So you, you know that they have, like, they need each other. Right. They have a rich enough backstory. And, but, you know, it, it's that episode also showed that Mamma's not always good at it. You know, he was pretty good at ignoring Badger Klopp's needs and desire to just like talk and exist in spaces sometimes. So, I mean, they get it wrong sometimes, but do you think it was right for Mau Mau to not bother throwing up the special men or not locking them in jail? <laughs> um, yeah, this is that's definitely in the cartoon logic of like, well, the bad guys are in the sewer, so that that issue's dealt with. But again, you know, Mau Mau only really cared about transforming Adorabat's heart. He was, you know, he was concerned about the citizens giving away their stuff, but it started with Adorabat, and it pretty much ended with Adorabat, and he sufficiently scared them that I think he thought they wouldn't want to come back. Yeah, I mean, they're no, they're no combat threat to him, for sure. I love how they called him an incompetent sheriff, but the only lack of competency he'd been showing was, like, just not arresting them because Adorabat liked them. Right, I mean, he is stupidly competent when, you know, his whole plan is revealed, and that's happened in multiple episodes where <laughs> the, like, links that Mau Mau is able to go to to do things is fantastic. And, well, obviously his combat ability is too, which is great because he's still constantly worried about, you know, just needing to impress his family, specifically his father, who's never even there, and he's just waiting to tell, and, you know, he blurts that out at the, you know, <laughs> climax of this episode, and Batroclops reminds him, like, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there to the point where you're presenting all these things to your dad, but, you know, keep on blurting that out, Mau Mau. <laughs> keep doing that. That's healthy. <sighs> well, I mean, at least he's getting therapy now, unlike other protagonists. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I couldn't believe that it only took eight episodes of Mau Mau. The episode prior to this one, Mau Mau actually gets set up with a therapist. And, you know, supposedly he's seen that therapist every week now. But uh, I'm sure that's not referenced again. But neither was Purple Puma. And then, you know, 50 episodes later, it turns out they were they were wrestling the whole time in Steven Universe. So. Maybe he is getting therapy, but Steven Universe Future should look at Mau Mau for, uh, for guidance, or Steven specifically should. Just, you know, find a therapist. Yeah. Now, can you imagine being Steven and somebody pointing to Mau Mau and say, that guy has his stuff together. Why can't you be more like him? <laughs> That's got to feel a little insulting, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Mau Mau's probably also like, I mean, is, is he 30? Like, <laughs> like, like one of the, like the cutie pies? I mean, he's definitely... An older man. Maybe that is someone that Steven can look up to. Yeah, he is probably 30 or something. I don't know. He's He's got a vibe that's kind of like 30. How, how old is how old is uh, Parker Simmons, the show creator and his voice actor? He's probably that old. <laughs> yeah, if it's just a stand-in. Yeah, I like to, I like to think that Mau Mau is just a, a fantasy retelling of Parker Simmons' exploits. <laughs> now I need to do the like deep fan research and see if he talks about his dad on his Twitter ever. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to, I mentioned Mint Potion last week, the like yakety sax inspired sounding song that played during Mau Mau's explanation was really excellent. It just sounded like someone said, 
we need a like remix for yakety sax and it did pretty good at uh you know going along with how convoluted his plan was i mean not that convoluted oh uh speaking of tells that i really like i like how they specifically had adorabat give herself the beard with the pen and then she has it she has it when she's at hq but she doesn't have it when she meets up with the special men so ooh, oh second second viewing well that's also important cartoon logic right like i remember as a kid realizing in spongebob that patrick you know could get a bruised eye in one frame and then it would be healed the next frame so we're used to seeing those kind of details disappear but this is clearly i'm interested to see if that's a rule that continues in mau mau like a doorbat not having the red beard seems normal for most cartoons but when it comes back at the end it says hey there's you know object permanence in this world yeah which is not typical i think that's one of those things in cartoons where it's only ever visible in retrospect because every cartoon does that so often like i remember symbionic titan lance gets tortured really badly but his wounds all heal the next scene. They just get tired of animating him with all the bruises. Yeah, I don't know why we do that in cartoons, but I guess it's a lot easier to do it when you're drawing something compared to wiping the, you know, the battle scars off of your actor. Or uh, digitally removing a beard. <laughs> yeah, it might be more jarring. I don't know. We, we accept the, the morphine and the changing of, of cartoon characters a lot more. Yeah, I mean, that's just how they are. That's how the medium's always been. Anyway, guys, that was us on Outfoxed. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to hit us up with a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is in 2020, or on YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 